Jen. Hey guys, welcome to the LEAD podcast. We are so excited that you joined us here tonight again. If you've been paying attention for the last few weeks, we've been hitting on different topics. Tonight, we are talking about church talk. I know some of us, a lot of us have grown up in the church, which means we can talk all the church lingo, but what does God really say about the drinking and marijuana and tattoos and What about hell or speaking in tongues or anything else that comes up? And so we want to dive into these conversations because they're real and we don't sugarcoat anything here. If you haven't noticed, even last week with the homosexuality, um, the feedback was fired, to be honest with you, and the conversations that were had um, just with different things. And so you don't want to miss out. Next week, we're talking about sexuality, about why should we wait to have sex before marriage? We're always told not to. Or why can't I watch porn? What's wrong with that? And then the following week, we're going to have um, mental health experts, Dr. Rich Hoffman from Christian Counseling Associates, Dr. Jamie King, Nick Wiskwitz, and myself as we do a panel all about mental health and how it's real. So let's pray, and then we're going to dive into the word. So Jesus, we love you. God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that we can have real community in this room. I thank you that you're raising up giants, God, um, that they're going to speak truth wherever they are, Father. And so I ask for you to have your way here tonight, God. I pray um, any spirit of offense or uh, any, any negativity, Father God, we just silence that. We thank you that we can be free here, God. And we just thank you and we love you for who you are and what you've done, Lord. In, our, in your precious name we pray. Amen. So as I was doing the research, um, our panel was doing the research, it made me really think about how for many years people confused biblical holiness with a long list of rules to follow. Um, I don't know about anyone else. I grew up in a very strict church where um, it was a small little church in a good old town. I'm not going to say it. But our pastor growing up used to say that if you drink, dance, sleep, wine, dance and run around, you were pretty much going to hell. So if you would drink, you're going to hell. If you dance, you go to hell. If you do anything that's outside the Bible, you're going to hell. And so for the longest time, I was literally terrified, afraid to do really much anything. And so the idea of holiness became not um, smoking, not drinking, not cussing, not dancing, not playing cards, not going to parties, not wearing pretty clothes, not wearing makeup, no jewelry, not having nice hair, nice um, hairstyle. You had to cut or not cut your hair depending on the religion you followed. You definitely couldn't have a tattoo. If you were a man, you couldn't put an earring in. The kind of behavior would just be religious and kind of throw people over the edge. Um, I love what Joyce Meyer says. She says, true biblical holiness is all about your motive and why you're doing things. It's being different from the world and honoring God above all else, but that doesn't mean you can't have a little fun. And so we have the five topics that I said earlier, drinking, uh, smoking weed, tattoos, hell, and speaking in tongues. Those are picked specifically because those are the questions that seem, I know for me and I know a lot of these guys, come across, what's wrong with smoking a little weed? Why can't I have me a drink? Um, Does anybody really go to hell? Or what else if I don't speak in tongues? Does that make me not a Christian? So these are things we talk about in the church or lack thereof. And so, yeah, let's dive in. Team, does anybody want to go first? Let's hit the first one. Oh, drinking. Anyone want to go first? Is that a, did Sandy, did you have your hand up? No. Oh, that was a. <laughs> God, Cassie, you have a question? Well, about the drinking, it's like, you know, once in a while, you know, 
have like a microscope, like, like you know what I mean, a glass liner or but it's like if most people like drink too much because it really, you know, it affects the brain, it affects your mood, and you know, when I read like the calories about the like, you know, the sweet drinks, it has a lot of sugar, or it has like an angry orchard has like 190 calories in it. You know, some people can have a risk of diabetes if you drink too much or like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Christina, you have my... So yeah, um, I agree. I don't think, like drinking in itself isn't necessarily bad, but um, the addiction behind it. And um, I just pulled a couple of verses. Proverbs 23:20. do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat for drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness, clothes them in rags. And Isaiah 5:11. woe to those who rise early in the morning to run after their drinks, who stay up late at night and they are inflamed with wine. So, um, yeah, the addiction behind drinking is definitely not good. Um, but there's also, I think, another side to it too. So you never want to do anything that is going to cause somebody else to stumble, um, which is, there's also scripture behind that too. So say somebody is an alcoholic and you're at a restaurant and they see you drinking, you're not going to want to um, kind of encourage that behavior by them saying, oh, well, so-and-so, they're a Christian, they go to our church, look at them with a drink mm -hmm. because they're struggling with an addiction. Yeah. So it, to me, it's just not worth it to ever like want to make somebody stumble. So the scripture that I have behind that would be um, <coughs> 1 Corinthians 8, 13. Therefore, if, I make, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. And then 1 Corinthians 8, 9, but take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a summing walk to the weak. So... To go off of what you said, so it's so funny you brought that up. Last week I said I would share this. Um, we were in YA's, that's actually how I met Nick and Britt. Um, we were going on a mission trip, was that 2009? Our first New York City mission trip. So we were um, on our way to New York City, to Brooklyn, to the Teen Challenge. And I was with his niece and then Darcy Lindsay, if you guys uh, know her. And we were sitting in the back of the van. And we were talking, I was talking reckless. I know, shocker. And so, Jesus, help me. And so I was like, yo, that'd be so cool. Because I just met Liz and them. We all kind of became super close doing Focus on the Sun. And I'm like, yeah, man, we could totally get a couple of drinks. Like, I think that's sweet. Let's do it when we get back. Mind you, we're on, our, on, on a mission trip, like not thinking anything. Well, Pastor Henry Tolorcio, if you don't know him, he runs the Father's Heart Ministry in in pen, which is actually for those who have some addiction and things like that. And this is before he started the ministry. He's like, Sheen. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, he's like, what? And in his Brooklyn accent, he's like, what would happen? And let me side note this. We're stuck on the Brooklyn Expressway for already over an hour. We're stuck in traffic. He's like, what happens if you were sitting at a restaurant and someone saw Sheena sitting at a table with a glass of wine? I was like, and? He's like, they don't know if that's your first or your fifth. I'm like, 
True, okay, like that's not my problem though. Like if you got like to each their own. And I'm like sitting there and he's like, he's like, what happens if you go into the wine and spirits? Why do you think they call it the wine and spirits? Because they're spirits. I was like, okay, all right, we're going in. And then he's like, what happens if you're coming out with a big case of beer? Like, what do you think you're gonna make your brother stumble? And I was like, what? And then he just explained and he kept going. And let me tell you something. That was in 2009. It was August 2009. I haven't had a drink since. So that's 11 years. Let me tell you something. I'm not missing nothing. In fact, when it comes to alcohol, I get it. Yeah, you can have a drink. Don't get drunk. But I love how I, I listened to um, Jonathan Shuttlesworth and he said, nothing ever good comes from getting drunk. Like you never see anyone like, look at my look at my business grow. I'm drinking all the wines. Oh, look at my ministry go. I'm I'm drinking these Jaeger bombers. Like it's just like so it made me think. It's like yo, like and get me. Don't get me wrong. Like I was that person, and my mom used to get so livid. And just in my own experience, like I used to drive from downtown Manhattan, totally like done because I was hurting and so I was I turned 21 I waited till I was 21 went like bar hopping in the lower east side with a bunch of Irishmen and it was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my entire life it was so dumb but I did it because I was hurting and so once again our good old girl Joyce Myers what's the motive behind the drinking now I'm not saying you can't have a drink I'm not saying that none at all but for me I know my limit and I'm not gonna open that door again because once it's open, forget about it. Like, I just know me. And maybe it's because at one time having an addictive personality, I just know my limits. And honestly, for me, I just don't feel the need to drink. That's just me. I'm not saying, and plus being a pastor on staff, we're highly recommend not to, not to drink. So I don't know about you, but it's so nice to know that your pastor's here. We ain't throwing back beers, so. Oh, you have your own side, well, Rob. I <laughs> no, I, I agree with you 100%. Just go along with what Christina said. I pulled 1 Corinthians 10.23, and I think that it kind of encompasses yep. an overview of just like all these topics in one way or another. Because it's the, it says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. Yep. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Um and then to go along with that and just tie it into the drinking, um, like we said, you know, where, where does drinking go? And Ephesians 5.18, drunkenness leads to debauchery. Um, Proverbs 21, or sorry, 20 verse 1, wine is a mocker, beer a brawler. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Like, it's going to lead you somewhere. Mm -hmm. and, and not to reiterate exactly what they said, but I'm going to hit on like what Pastor Henry was telling Sheena. They don't know. And now let, now let me flip the other side. They don't know what number of drink that is. They don't know, you know, basically they see someone in, in leadership in anywhere or someone who says that, yeah, I'm a Christian. They see it as, oh, well, she does it. It's, it's okay. Let me flip it. When you go out into the workforce, you will be shocked. The testimony, when you sit down, at a, at, a, at a meeting, I sit down at a meeting, we go to a dinner with the company and we're sitting there. And like when I was traveling for audits the last couple of years, you wouldn't believe the testimony of, Rob, what, what beer do you want? Oh, I'm good guys, I'm just gonna get, I'm just gonna get uh, a lemonade or something. And they're like, what? You know what's crazy? Donald Trump will not drink. He was like, it makes you, it makes you look bad. And he, he doesn't let his kids drink either. 
It's crazy. Like, it's not, not like he won't like yeah. when he goes for a business. This is before anything, before, like business deals or anything. He says, you're not having yeah. a drink. And like, so everyone else drinks and they're being messy. And that's why Donald has this stuff in a row. <laughs> so yeah. it's super, it's super crazy. Yeah, it's, it's like, literally, I, you, you wouldn't believe. Cost them to view that way. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't believe, like, just the, the doors of conversation yeah. that that opens. Just because it's so unusual, unusual mm-hmm. in today's culture yeah. that I can't tell you how many people, like, that is probably the number one way that I've been able to witness in the business world. Yeah. Which sounds crazy because it, you'd think that you, you, you go and, you know, I have relationships with these people, but they're not deep relationships. Yeah. But, it's something so, so normal to them. And it's like, mm-hmm. why? And then the fact that I don't meet them with judgment, I'm, and I'm just like, you know, well, it's just me. This is just what I believe. Yep. And then the questions come. Yeah. And the questions lead yeah. to more questions. Awesome. And when you answer those questions in love and not judgment, they feel comfortable to keep yeah. asking the questions. Yeah, for so, yeah. I think that you have to be careful, too, about, um, I know in my own life, um, people, because I can't, I don't sleep real well at night and they'll be like, man, you should just, you know, hit up some marijuana. You just need to have some, some hard liquor and that will put you out, you know, but you know, what does that, what does that also tell you? You know, you're not in control of your body. You're not in control of your mind. And so many people, if you've seen them drunk, you know, they do things that they would never, ever do if they were not drinking. Same with drugs. They would give their bodies away so that they can have the next little hit of whatever they can because their body is craving it. What is, what is it doing to your body? You know, your body is a temple. And because of that, you know, and also some people are, um, it is some weird thing with their blood that it does something weird to their blood i think indians have it and some and i'm partially indian um but it reacts weird to their blood and my father was an alcoholic i didn't know him real well but you know because of that i think you know well what if that could happen to me because that's supposedly hereditary too so you have to know who you are you have to know you know that this is mind altering, it's body altering, it would make me do something probably that I would never ever do on a normal day. Just real quick, I think anything obviously we look at to excess is not good for you. I mean, drinking, eating, I mean there's many things that the Bible also talks to in excess will take you down a path that you don't wanna go when you go to excesses. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's a lot of the, the things that we're talking about right now, they fall into the category of, do, can I do it or can I not? And I love what you said. You quoted that scripture about, well, everything, I have a right to do everything, but not everything's beneficial. And so I always, Britt and I were talking about this the other night, but I like to think of this in what's the better way? Okay, what is this actually pointing to? Okay, because you name... A large list of drugs I've I've probably done it and what I notice is that it was all a counterfeit so let's just say alcohol or marijuana whatever it might be it was all a counterfeit pursuit of what Jesus was actually already wanting to provide for me so 
I can stand before a judge and testify that the moments where I've experienced the power and the love of the Holy Ghost, raw, just unadulterated Jesus Christ, like encountering me with his love and glory, Mm -hmm. blow away the best high I've ever had. Like, that's real. And whenever I experience that, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is better than everything else I was looking for. In fact, this is what I was born for. And as I was trying to find the meaning of life, I was searching in this, in this substance. So for alcohol, I was searching for freedom. Whereas the spirit that brings liberty, brings freedom, was waiting for me all along. Right? I was searching for to, to be loved and accepted. And God was providing those things. But I was, let's say, so insecure that I said, okay, well, I'll drink alcohol and that will reduce my inhibitions. Mm-hmm. But God gives us the spirit of self-control. Yeah. And so you, you got to think of it in the sense of what am I actually searching for in this? And the Bible says, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So the Bible's saying, all right, there's two things that you can do here. Mm-hmm. And it's not saying, don't do this, do this. What he's saying is, Everything that you're searching for over here is actually a, a sign pointing to the fact that you want to get drunk in the Holy Ghost. Like, seriously. I mean, get drunk in the Holy Ghost. And that's my personal philosophy is why, why would I ever drink another drink whenever I know the real deal and I just want to get consumed with love and cry and laugh on the floor as he speaks to me the words that I've been longing for my father to speak to me all my life. Because a drug can't do that. It only leaves me feeling hungover, out of sleep, and wanting more of this endless, endless pursuit that leaves me bankrupt and with bad relationships, and it just sucks. Um, so, like, the last thing I want to say, Smith Wigglesworth. Everyone know who Smith Wigglesworth is? Okay. So Smith Wigglesworth, powerful, mighty man of God, raised people from the dead, crazy healing, anointing, look him up, research him. But he was once quoted as saying something along the lines of, I've never seen a man of God simultaneously operate under the anointing while under the influence of alcohol. Hmm. Yeah. And that speaks volumes. Like, what are you searching for? I mean, a, a good time or the reason that you were born? I mean, I would much rather walk in miracle signs and wonders than to dance drunk on the top of a table at a bar and have someone post it on Facebook. And be like, look at what an idiot you are and be thrown up the next morning. <laughs> so one's temporary and one's eternal. And uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got. Sorry. I know the one thing that everyone always brings up is, well, uh, Jesus turned water into wine. That's always the, that's always the number, one, number one argument. It's like, um, well, I talked to Pastor Nathan about this. Um, and he, and this is in the Passion Translation footnote. It says, the TPT was talking about how the fruit of the vine was not fermented because fermentation requires a chemical change to a pure juice. The blood of Jesus isn't fermented to change. It's perfectly impure in every way. So in regards to, oh, um, let me break stuff back here. Um, the, uh, Jesus changed water into wine. It even seems um, uh, in the New Testament, the water is not very clean. So we have to look at the context of it. Like, what's going on here? With, filled with bacteria, viruses, and all kinds of um, just junk. And the same is true in many third world countries. And so Paul instructed Timothy to stop drinking water exclusively, which probably causes his stomach problems instead of drink wine. And that day, wine was fermented, containing alcohol, but not necessarily to the degree it is today. So 
scripture does not forbid Christians from drinking beer, wine, or other uh, drinks containing alcohol. Alcohol is not in itself tainted by sin. It's the drunkenness and addiction to the alcohol that a Christian must absolutely refrain from. And that, I'm just pulling the scripture. I'm not making this up. I'm not trying to be like, oh, Sheena says you can't drink. I'm not saying that. The motive behind it is the addiction there. What are you trying to fill? The, I just know from my own personal life, like my dad legit was a raging alcoholic. Like I remember when my dad, I still to this day will not go around Heineken beer. Because I remember my dad, I was five years old, he was completely drunk, and my mom was wearing his sweatpants, and I remember this, and she was wrapping Christmas gifts. And he went and grabbed the pair of scissors and was trying to cut off her sweatpants because they were his. He was so drunk. I remember another time my dad was so drunk, he fell over, and my cousin had steel toe boots on, kicked him in the side, and he was knocked out. So to go from that extreme to where he is now, my dad will tell you, <laughs> Why are you drinking? Because <laughs> there's, um, and it's crazy because my dad, like, heavy drugs, man. He would sell drugs, run drugs. Like, it was bananas. And we're not telling you to not drink. In fact, I literally just read scripture. He's talking about drunkenness and addiction. But we're telling you, you're not missing, you're not missing out. Like, I, I just know for me, make that decision for yourself. But we're just telling you what the word says. We don't want to be that people that it's like, don't drink, you're going to hell. It's like, this is what the word says. You make your choice, but this is what we're telling you. So, did anybody else? Okay. Um, yeah, first I just want to say that I'm not offended by people who drink. Me neither. And, yeah. and I think, honestly, like, a lot of people's life and levels and mm -hmm. flow of life is very different. Um, I personally come from addiction, so to me, like, I have enough, like, People, I just want to say this and no one be offended because <laughs> it's just real. I'm just speaking truth. But you can get drunk on coffee. I've been Trans. drunk on coffee. Yeah. We just talked about this this morning. Addicted to caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. That girl, I will get so mad because I ran out of creamer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I really, yeah. I'm mad. I don't have coffee, dude. I'm a bad Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's, it's real. And like, <laughs> like Nick and I actually, I <laughs> we have to live a regular lifestyle of fasting coffee somewhat regularly just to like take a break and readjust and you know just kind of get our brains back keep straight make sure we're still believers <laughs> no, just kidding but but uh anyways so so i know people who are outstanding christians and let's say at a wedding they will have a glass of wine and they'll drink half of it and go on their merry way, and I don't know if they're drunk or not. I, I, don't, I have no clue. But they're totally fine, and it doesn't affect them that way. For me, I don't want that monkey on my back because I have enough hard enough time like trying to just keep my self-control with coffee. Um, but the Bible does say that we're the temples of God, and, and you hit on it even from a health factor like it's ter it's so unhealthy for you the sugar in it what it does to um like i i can't tell you all the stuff but dr keith and ovi marshall can and they run a wellness group here at word of life they can tell you how terrible it is physically for your health even without the um how it affects your reasoning and so the second thing is it affects your reasoning majorly so you know like it's not just about getting drunk and tying one on, like it actually 
I honestly think so many people, like Rob was saying, like in the business world, like their marriages are a wreck because they literally go to business meetings for lunch and they're getting hammered. They go to dinner and evening and nighttime business appointments and they're getting hammered as a part of their business. Mm -hmm. It affects their reasoning. They, <clears throat> they take bad deals. They make bad deals. The next thing they know, they're, you know, a woman comes in the room and they're not making good decisions. And uh, before you know it, they have an affair and now their family life is over. Yeah. Um, so it's not just about like going out and having a good time. It actually, it affects your reasoning and can lead you to a really bad place. And the Bible says like, like uh, leave wine for l those who are dying. Um, and this, I kind of, I don't know if, if you want to share this later, babe, but, um, you know, people, people who are actually like so sick, like whether, like whatever disease has overcome their bodies, they, like they can be in so much pain that they don't have joy. And we actually, Nick worked with a guy in California who had a son who was just, he was, mis he was on his deathbed, and he actually ended up dying. But a few months before he died, they actually put him on CBD capsules, I think. Good. Let's, let's transition to yeah. marijuana. Yeah. I like it. Keep, um, keep going. Yeah. So, oh, yes. <clears throat> so he, uh, yeah. THC. THC. THC pills. So, I mean, like, I think because I came from addiction, when I see, like, the CBD places going up, one right down the road for me, I'm like, grr, I don't like that. Tear that down. Why is that there? And I pray against it every time I walk by because I feel like so many people are misusing it. However, there are certain cases where I think that in this little boy's case, like, he was dying, he was miserable, he was in pain, and when he took this, he could actually be a little boy again, and he laughed for the last four months of his life um, and was able to connect with his family. Um, and that's biblical because the Bible says, like, leave wine, leave strong drink to those who are dying. Let them have some semblance of joy before they pass away. But if you are capable and you're able and you're well and you're healthy, um, why throw your life in the grinder? You know, like, why throw your life to um, just, like, you know, making bad decisions? Did you? No, no, I was trying to pass it. Just, just to go back, you, just to go back to what, what you said. You mentioned fear of missing out. Okay. Did you, did you realize that for the millennials, as a group in marketing? Promo. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. In marketing, one of the main ways that companies have found to sell the millennials is based on on our fear of missing out. That's how they sell experiences. Yeah. That's how they get you to purchase a product or to go somewhere or you to do lying. something is by getting you to be afraid that you're missing out. That's why they promote on social media so that you see it through the, what everyone else is doing and they get you to share your experiences. So people go, wow, they did it. Look what I'm missing. And if you take that as a marketing idea and think that other companies with less less innocent ideals than ours aren't doing the same thing. You're, you're kidding. Like, mm -hmm. like some of the statistics were crazy and I couldn't find the exact statistics, but it was like 70% of millennials have made 
impulse decisions and it was like 70 some percent True. have went in the debt just over the fear of missing Ron out. Ron Velazzi, where he at though? You missed the financial class. He talked about it's on our podcast about credit card debt. It's like, oh, I need to do this. Okay, true story, Best Buy, those suckers. I want an Apple Watch so bad, like bad, like so bad, okay? But if you know me, I'm so cheap. And they threw it in my, they threw it in my little, my email because you can pre-order the Apple Watch, and the one I want is $800, right? That's it, I cringed. If you know me, I'm like Mr. Krabs. My, to my pockets are real tight, I ain't paying that. And I was like, yo, I wanna get this, and I'm like, no way. But everyone's got the, you know, I remember, the reason I'm gonna tell you, one of the reasons I want the Apple Watch, are you guys old enough for Inspector Gadget? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. And then he pushed the button on his watch and like a robot came up. <laughs> I made one and I watch so I can make phone calls and call 911. Like you see, like these are the things I need it for. And so, but I'm not doing it. Is there, I just, you're right, I won't want, this is why you keep your friends around. <laughs> Kelly knows I won't wear it. I don't even wear jewelry, look at me. I got my purity ring on. And so, I want nails. Okay, well. and I ripped them off. Okay, we get it. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to buy nails and it didn't work. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about marijuana. That's, next, uh, Britt started into it. Um, so there's two different kind of marijuanas, I feel like. You have the medical, medical card. I got my medical card. Um, I do, uh, not me. I have clients. <laughs> oh, God. I do not smoke weed. <laughs> there is no weed in this body. <laughs> oh, no, my bad. I seriously, I'll take a pee test. Um, I do not smoke weed. Never have I ever smoked weed. I did a hookah in college, and I thought I was the bomb. I was so dumb. <laughs> Because I was with a bunch of missionary kids. And so they came from overseas, they're like, let's do this. I was like, yo. And so I did it. So dumb. And so, okay, so we have medical marijuana. So you have a medical card. You can go to the dispensary and do your thing. Or you have the recreational, where you get it from your neighbor or your best friend or the family. The place. <laughs> or a guy gets yep. it from the medical place and then yep. sells it to you for like double the price. And so, like. So they get their points? And so the, <laughs> like Starbucks? I'm serious. They give points to people when they buy theirs. You can get free stuff. What? <laughs> Lucky. I'm so competitive. You shouldn't have told me. You shouldn't have told me. You shouldn't have told me that. I love getting points. Oh my God. I got 10,000 Chick-fil-A points and 2,000 Starbucks points. So now you're going to tell me. I don't need any dispensary. I don't need dispensary points. So let's talk about it. So I, um, I am coming from the mental health perspective. Um, people who have taken large doses of the drug may experience an acute psychosis, which includes hallucination, delusion, and loss of sense of personal identity that is coming from the government website. I know people are like, the government. So we often see, why are you using it? Well, I need to relax. I need to help this with my stress, to eat, to sleep. But I look at it like this. Christ is more than enough. First Peter 5.8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the lion, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Sober-minded literally, literally means free from intoxicating influences. We're speaking of a person who is not drunk with alcohol, high on drugs, as being sober. His or her mind is not under the influence. Marijuana. What do y'all think? And go, team. 
None of what? No one's gonna say nothing? Yo. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to. I'm okay, go ahead. Yeah, um, <laughs> so again, it's just a counterfeit. Um, and it doesn't mean anything if the government comes and slaps a medical excuse on it. Like, there's opiates that are medically used, and a doctor can stand there and prescribe. And actually, like, back whenever I was in high school, college, that's when this stuff started getting the push for, for medicinal purposes. And uh, as my wife said, it's not necessarily bad for everyone. Like, that little boy, yeah. God bless him. Um, but you got to know, like, the majority of these people are going to the place saying, I can't sleep. Can I get a weed card? And they're like, yes, here, pay your hundred bucks or whatever it is. Here's your weed card. And they're going and they're getting high quality cannabis in potencies that are much better than you can achieve on the streets. Yeah. And so it's not just like some, you know, all this is all good hearted and, and you want to do your research and go look at the people who are pushing the campaigns across the nation. Like these are dudes who were in the sixties tripping on acid, getting high. And they're like, yeah, man, it's just for the good of the people. And you're like, no, dude, you've been high for three decades. <laughs> so, what are so you like, about? yeah, like, <laughs> so no joke. Like that's just my experience. And Anyone who says it's not a gateway drug is full of crap. Um, so what does it look like if it is, well, weed is from the earth. Yeah. God bless the Lord. Yes. It's Genesis. Yeah. Whatever is on the earth is free to use. Oh, then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. Genesis 1 20. No, and, I, and I love that because the thing is like God did create everything for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could use the, the forbidden fruit type thing. I actually don't like that because, you know, there's hemp and they make ropes and stuff that's, that uses that plant for a good purpose. Yeah. But they never said, God never said, hey, by the way, like, set fire to that thing and inhale its fumes. <laughs> so it impacts your brain in a way that causes you to experience really what it is. You're, you're pursuing the, this is, I'll just be real. You're pursuing the peace that surpasses all understanding. That's all it is. That's what I was looking for. I got high the day after I testified at the trial for my for my best friend who killed his brother, and the the stress, the impact, the the intensity of that event event was so hard for me to comprehend that I wanted a peace that surpassed this, the the stress and the craziness of the my world come crashing down, and it allowed me to forget. But what it never did was healed. That's good. Yeah. But Jesus heals it and he brings the peace and he makes beauty from those ashes. Yeah. Pot doesn't do that, just makes ashes. All right, Brandon. <laughs> you go ahead and to explain that to somebody who's like total other non-believers So I think Walt actually hit on it a little bit was uh, so let's just say that God put pot on the earth for a couple of reasons. And one of those reasons is for a pain killer or something to heal or, I don't know, a couple of reasons like that. There's still an, ac an ec excess factor. So he put uh, apples on the earth. You're not just going to sit around and eat, you know, 
500 apples. He put, um, you know, you get the point that he put all these different things on the earth. You're not going to sit around in, in excess till it makes you fat or stupid or indigestion, whatever. Like, that's just not a good idea. So... Um, I think it's the book. I, I honestly, I do think the more I find out about natural wellness, I think the Lord put everything in the earth to heal us. Um, and I am super grateful for modern medicine. It saved my life. Um, and it's, it's absolutely good. But I think, and this is a whole other topic, we've really, as a society, as the Western world, really gone down this synthetic drug path way 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 too far and a lot of what we need is just in the earth but there's still you know this this excess factor i don't think we should and maybe this is what you could tell your friend you know god put rocks in the earth they have purpose We're, we don't want to misuse the rocks um he put trees in the earth you know they have their purpose we don't want to misuse what he's given us any questions or any comments out there and Lead life. Go ahead, Crystal. Uh, so, I a little bit, and Nick said a little bit earlier about how the high of the drugs or alcohol versus the high of the Holy Spirit, many Christians can take that high wrong. I found that many times that, like, they're like, oh, you know, the church for the spiritual high, and, like, because actually, I and family members have given me a hard time with being spirit-filled, um, like of being a spirit-filled Christian, and like saying about how when well, you go to church for a spiritual high. No, when you're a spirit-filled Christian, it does the high never stops True. because yeah. it's an overwhelming joy, an overwhelming peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. 24/7. Yeah. It's always there if you like truly let it seep deep in your spirit, your heart, your soul, your mind, and you're rooted in the word every day. Yeah. So that like when it comes to those who come up with that um thought about, you know, oh the spiritual high with the whole charismatic Christian, it's no it's not like this one-time thing when you go to church it's like a daily thing you're supposed to yeah. be in the word daily and the church on sunday is just supposed to confirm what the holy spirit is speaking to you when you're reading the word every day yeah it's having an encounter with jesus and once you have that encounter your life isn't your own so really, when it comes down to it, it's like, I'm sold out to Jesus and whatever he wants, I want. Does anybody else have any comments on marijuana? I can comment. Yeah. It's all fun and games until you already have mental health problems. And then, like, if you have anxiety, and then your anxiety gets set off while you're high. That's really not fun. Hmm. I have personal experience with that. Yeah. And it lasts. Yeah. It lasts until you're not high. So it's yeah. just like you just have to go to sleep and pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah. It really. Yeah. 
God. Uh, I also just wanted to kind of point out, like on the chemistry side of things, there are two active ingredients in marijuana and in those plants. And as mentioned, it's THC and CBD. THC is delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol. It is the psychoactive ingredient. That is what changes and modifies your mental state and gives that high feeling. Where CBD is the physiologically active. It affects your body. It's what they use as a painkiller. It's the medicinal side. That's why THC is illegal. CBD is in shops all over the country. Yeah. And kind of going back to what uh, Britt had said, I think it really depends uh, in making the comment on misuse. Yeah. Because there is a side of it, there is <clears throat> CBD, which is a medicinal substance yeah. that is used for pain relief, for yeah. injury, for chronic, uh, any number of things, right. versus using THC as an escape. Yeah. Exactly. Dr. Daniel. Well, I think, and, yeah. And I he, think our biggest. He is a big word. And I think, uh, yeah. Three degrees. <laughs> and I think, if, well, a big problem with it is, is that the people that in our country that are in control of this are, are people that work in science and work in these labs, have this knowledge, and they've used it in excess. Yeah. As a way for them to gain control over certain ideas and different things, like there's so many different plants, like valerian root, and all these different plants, and they produce major drugs out of this stuff. Yeah. And it's like, but they're made there. They're for good for for you to eat. They're made for the effects that people used it years ago. That they would use it to cook it and use it to eat to heal their bodies of illnesses, pains, and I mean people have serious pains. I mean people have arthritis so bad that they can't function. Yeah. yeah, and it'll yeah. So even it even it even it's even good for our pets. You think of our we give we actually give it we do we give we give CBD to our to our pets because it's actually very good for them. And uh, the and then the the benefits of it when you give it to someone like that you see it in an animal how it reacts and how it affects them, and it it's uh, it's just amazing how it can change someone. But even with an animal you can give it to an excess and you can do the same thing in an animal that you can that a human can do that themselves. Yeah. It's just and it's all we have to be under that control of that, and that's where Jesus Christ gives that that gives us that control to be able to to have that. Right. Yeah. Any more questions or comments? Because we're gonna head into tattoos. So we're trying to roll through these. And so, <laughs> um, so is it a sin to get a tattoo? What does the Bible say? The short answer is nothing. True life story. So Leviticus 19.28, and since the word tattoo, actually it says marking. 19.28 literally translate, and the cutting for the dead, um, for the dead, you will not make in your flesh, and writing marks will not make on you. I am the Lord. The word writing refers to the inscribed or engraved symbols is used only here. The word marks also used here has an uncertain root. Further, the word tattoo did not enter into the English language until the late 1700s. So the background of the law is when Israel, after being rescued from slavery between Egypt and Canaan, recent, um, they found while well, uh, Egypt did tattoo, it was limited to women. Evidence suggests that tattooing the, tattooing the body parts of the women associated with fertility, whether it's the breast, thigh, or the stomach, was believed to be a good luck charm to protest the birthing, uh, protect the, the birthing process. Women also frequently had imprints of the fertility goddess, which seems to support this theory. In Canaan, evidence indicates that instead of marking the body with ink, more extreme measures like branding, slashing, or gnashing the skin were used. So, Leviticus 19.28, you will not make cuttings into your flesh for the dead, nor prints marks on your body. With this being said, there's a few points that whenever it comes to getting a tattoo, something to look at. As you know, I personally, 
I'm not against tattoos. Like, I don't have any, I, I, for me, once again, and if you're against it, that's your own conviction. I've talked more to people about the Lord with my tattoos. I have two, one's his audience of one, and one is the, the year I give myself to the Lord. There's just some of these points. It says this, modification. It says the body, it says we, are, we are the body, the body is not our own, but rather God's temple. Like, how are you cutting yourself up? Another thing, motive for the tattoo, why are you getting it? Modesty, modesty means not self-promoting. Um, message of the tattoo, what are you saying? Is it all about you? Money, this is the big one, and I think Ron Velazzi would be proud. Is it the wisest use of your money? In America, you can expect a basic price of 80 to $100 per hour. If you are broke, and you getting tattoos, you're dumb. Mm -hmm. You are so That's dumb. Cheap rent, dude. Pay your bills. No one cares about your tattoo. <laughs> and my favorite one, uh, I had a friend say, there are real health risks of the tattoo. You can catch hepatitis. I'm like, I'm not getting it in the basement or something, but I get it, what you're saying. I go to like a legit human being that does tattoos. That's me. All right, views on tattoos. Anyone else in this? I have a Pastor Henry story about tattoos. Oh, I love Pastor Henry's story. <laughs> so your story, I don't even know how much of this applies, but it just made me laugh because your story about him. I was like eight years old, and my mom used to help out at the church she would clean, and I had like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle like temporary tattoo on the oh, back of my hand. Beast. I know. I was the coolest eight-year-old ever. But anyway, so Pastor Henry is like rolling down the church hallway and it sees it on the back of my hand, eight years old, and is like yelling at me because I have a tattoo on the back of my hand. I am an adult now and I have like a real one and it's not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. But I just thought it was funny that like Pastor Henry rolled through when I was eight, like, listen, what are you doing? You also drove a hearse. <laughs> I don't remember that part. That's he hilarious. He told people that they were going to hell. <laughs> but I definitely think that there's a lot of perspectives on tattoos. Yes. Like, I personally, I love them. Just, like, if you do them correctly, if you do it for the right reason. Like, I have a scripture on the inside of my wrist. I got it for myself. I got it as a reminder. Um, but I've definitely had a moment, like I remember I was sitting in college, I was in a ceramics class, and I literally, like the teacher stopped, I was covered in clay, and the teacher stopped us, I was like literally sitting like this, it's on the inside of my wrist, I was sitting like this, like waiting for them to stop talking and not get clay everywhere, and like a girl like leaned over to me and whispered, she goes, what's on your wrist? And I told her the scripture and what it was, and she was like, oh my gosh, it's like really cool, and I was like, it was, it was enough to like open that door of conversation, yeah. so it's not like I have like something crazy tattooed on my body, or I don't have like, I don't know, like, a skull or like a demon or a Buddha or anything like that. But like, I think the purpose behind it and like what you're doing and what you're representing on your body, because that's like, it can become so much of your testimony of like, okay, like such a conversation starter. So is a tattoo a sin? According to scripture, if you look at the background, the body's a temple. Why are you doing the tattoo? Why do you have it? Is it to glorify you and how great you are? See, I think it's interesting because my parents actually use that scripture to be against tattoos. Tell them to read the background of it because I literally just read it to you. And they actually, and you listen to the podcast later this week. Well, then you look at the look at the flip side of it. You got people that aren't Christians that have tattoos that have radically changed their life. They have a walking testimony of what they did to themselves and are able to share that. That's cool. I say it too, it's like in that same scripture, it says, "Don't eat pork and for men to shave their beard." So, what you're yeah. No pork, no beards. Okay. Anyone else? They want to share. Okay, Crystal. Uh, so, 
the part of the scripture too was the fact that you're not supposed to mark your body for the glory of like what was it for the dead yeah or for like okay are we doing it for the glory of god then it's not for the dead it's for the glory of god so, yeah you know that's a whole another aspect is that part of the scripture is like we're not doing it for the dead we're not doing it for other gods we're not putting other gods before him it's for the glory of god and like remembrance of some sort that he gave us like of blessings that he gave us I think we have to be careful about the attitude behind it, too, sometimes, you know. Um, I'm going to take it back to, like, kids. When you become 18 and you're like, I can do whatever I want, you know, I don't have that attitude about a tattoo. Like, you know, well, I'm going to get one because they said I couldn't get one. Now that I can find out, now that I found out that I can get one because it scripturally doesn't tell me that I can't get one. Like, don't have that attitude about it either. Because that's not honoring your parents. Right. right. So, it is, like, so I'm just going to wrap this up, this part. I'm actually probably going to do a podcast separately for hell and speaking in tongues. So, I'll, that won't be panel unless someone in the panel wants to join me and we can discuss it. But, um... Okay, so then, okay, so check it out. Okay, so uh, this week, Cindy and I are going to get together, and we will make a panel. Well, you and I will discuss hell and speaking in tongues, and there'll be a separate, um, because we want to hit on those things. Um, but we're going to wrap this up here in the building, and then um, we hope that you join us next week. This will be out. Um, this session will be out, obviously, for you guys uh, to share. But let's pray, um, and then if you have more questions feel free to drop questions into our box um, for Facebook and all those great things. So let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you that we can have these real and raw conversations and that you're not afraid of those, God. And so we thank you that you love us. And I just pray right now for anyone who is listening to this, God, if they are struggling with any addiction, if they're struggling with hurts or wounds, Lord, that they know that you are here and that you've set them free, Father God. And I thank you that we're here to, you're using us, God, to be mouthpieces for you, Jesus. And so we thank you for what, you do, what you're doing and, and how you want to use us, God. And we love you in your precious name we pray.